You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in the broadcast. We're so thankful that you are here, and we're going to talk about church hurt. Did a pastor hurt you? Did somebody in the church hurt you? Maybe to the point where you haven't even been able to go back to the church because you're just so upset over what happened and you're grieved. I know that's a lot of you because on a recent post on social media, I just kind of mentioned this and my heart was grieved at how many people responded and reached out. Even though this is something that I've talked about before and it was the same type of response, I feel like it was even more this time and and i just there's so many different things i'd like to delve into today and i have to tell you i don't know if we're going to get it all in this one broadcast because there's a lot to cover but let me just talk about this so for me i've been a pastor now you know uh, probably about 23 years and in the ministry 25 years um i've seen a lot of things in those years uh, I worked at big churches. I was a, a youth pastor, a college minister, a singles pastor. I mean, I you know, kind of went through all the different places within a church. I've worked for people. I've been armor bearers and I've been a teacher and just different things that the Lord has allowed me to do, you know, worship leader over the years. Uh, so I understand very well the inner workings of a church, both a large church, a small church, and some of the things that we're dealing with in this hour and uh, I have to tell you, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I've been hurt, and I've had people hurt me very, very, very bad, um, burn me, turn on me, accuse me, so I just want you to know, if you've had some of those things happen to you, or if you've seen a pastor or a leader fall, or you've seen someone do something that a pastor and a leader should never do, and that really turned you off, and it's, it's a sore spot in your heart, I want you to know I understand it, because I've been there. And I, I just want to start off by sharing this. The reason why I'm still here is because I had an encounter with the living God. It was something that I could not deny. I know he's real. I know that is the reality. That is the reality of our universe is that the Lord is king. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. He, he is real. It is true. The, the belief system behind Christianity is absolutely sound and true. And so because of that encounter I've had with the Lord, I've been able to overlook some of the things that man has done, knowing that 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 was not God doing it. It was man. It was brokenness. It was sin. It was people being people. It was humans being human. And so I've been able to separate the two. But I will tell you, the only reason why I've probably been able to do that is because the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're going to have to do that in order to make it in your walk, in order to finish well is that you're going to have to learn how to separate what man does in the fallen state of man versus what I do. And you always have to have a personal relationship with me. And so that's that's what I've done because that's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Now, am I better than anybody on this broadcast? I am not. Have I made mistakes in the ministry? Sure. Have I made mistakes as a believer? Absolutely. I think one of the problems, one of the challenges is that we put pastors and leaders on such a pedestal sometimes that when they do fall, because they've been put on such a pedestal that that's really why 
uh, a lot of people, there's so much collateral damage because they've looked at this person as if they are God or they are uh, some you know very perfect person when in reality all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We should not make pastors idols. In, in the culture that we live in, the celebrity Christianity is really to our detriment. It, it, it is not what God intended. In fact, a pastor should be pushing those uh, at his church and his, in his fellowship up and, and, and agreeing with and getting alongside of them in their gifting. It should not be pastor looking down. But a lot of times it has been very pastor heavy. And what about the other full, fourfold, you know, there's fivefold ministry. What about the other four offices? A lot of times they have not been enunciated in, within a body. Now, I have to tell you, the prophetic is very enunciated right now, and, and the office of apostle is also uh, probably being lifted up more than I've seen in my time in the body, and that's not a bad thing. But I think we need to learn how to operate in a way that's pleasing to the Lord and that is about his business with pure motives. And I think with social media, uh, it has added another layer, very big layer to this because now there are certain pastors that even though they're not really equipped to be in the position that they're in, just like many celebrities in the world, they've been elevated due to their following and algorithms, maybe even the enemy. And now because they have millions of followers, for some reason they're looked at as if they're more holy or they're more powerful than some of the pastors that have maybe 20 people following them online, but have a very powerful fellowship, a powerful ministry. Maybe it's a small church. In fact, I found that some of the small churches are actually the most powerful churches because they're preaching the truth and they're not tickling ears and they're also shepherding. Now there's been an abuse of shepherding. If you recall the shepherding movement where they enunciated shepherding too much and it became control and manipulation. So people are wounded from that. Now, many people, I just have to tell you my experience. Many people are wounded from the prophetic, not because I don't believe in prophecy, but because people have abused prophecy in the prophetic office and they're using it for likes, follows, you know, to get a bigger following and for money. And so uh, there's that. Uh, recently, there's been a major emergence of deliverance ministry. And again, I am for deliverance ministry. And I think there's some really good things about that. The fact that it's now a topic. I'm, I'm blessed by that because for years, many people avoided it. But at any um, any time there is an over-enunciation of anything, whether it's the prophetic or deliverance or shepherding, there's going to be collateral damage because unfortunately in our, in our flesh, things happen. The following gets too big. It, it's uh, to the point where it becomes celebrity Christianity or it becomes, uh, you know, over enunciated like what happened when Paul was writing the church in Corinth, the Corinthian church. Um, and he said, you know, they've made idols of the gifts basically, you know, they, they, they started exalting the gifts and miracles over the main thing, the main message of the gospel. And so this is where I think we are. It's not any of these. I'm not, this is not a, I'm not taking a shot at anybody. I'm not criticizing any person. In fact, I love my, many of my friends are prophets and very heavily in deliverance ministry. And I, I appreciate them. I honor them and I respect them. In fact, this is not a, a podcast against any of them, but I, what I want to just, I just want to have a frank discussion about all of us, including myself, because did I start following some of the prophetic voices a little bit too much? I did. And I'm openly admitting that to you. And I had to course correct when the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Todd, you got to get back to the main thing. This was around December two years ago. Um, I really started, you know, shifting because I had realized that, you know what? 
I need to get back into the word more. I need to get back into prayer more. And I'm just going to say this, okay? I think anybody in ministry is going to face several times in the ministry where the Lord will course correct them. And our job at that point is to listen to the Holy Spirit and to be humble and teachable. When it becomes a problem is when somebody looks at the money, looks at the fame, looks at the notoriety and says, you know what, I'm going to double down even though the Holy Spirit's saying to course correct. And I see people right now in the prophetic movement especially that have made this choice because of the money, because of the followers, they've gotten some things wrong instead of repenting and course correcting, which would have literally spared them, even though in the, in the, in the initial, it might've been a, a little bit of a shock to the system. People will respect it because people know that leaders do make mistakes, but what they're looking at is how they handle it. And when you double down on something that's incorrect, that's pride. So there's that. There's other pastors that have manipulated. You know, there's pastors of smaller churches and places around the country that have used their position in a way that's abused the saints, that's manipulation, that's control, that's not from God, and they've abused the office. Then there's people that have abused it to the level of actually fornicating or committing adultery. Uh, They've used it for fleshly sexual gain and perversion and tried to cover that up, and, and the Lord's going to expose that if he hasn't already. Because, the uh, you know, judgment comes first to the house of the Lord. So what I believe God is wanting to do is to course correct us as a body of Christ. We've got to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. And if you are a pastor, if you're a shepherd of, that, of, a, of a church, whether small nor large, maybe an international ministry, maybe a, a very small local church, doesn't matter. See, that's the thing. It, you're not any better if you have a massive ministry. You're not... There is God is no respecter of persons. What he's looking at is to see how you steward what he's given you. And what I think is that there's a lot of people that are pastors, quote unquote pastors, or prophets, quote unquote prophets, that really should not be. They have they have uh, built their own kingdom and they're actually empowered by the enemy and not by God. Now that's not everybody, of course, but there are people that should not be pastoring that are pastoring. There are people that are tickling ears, both in the prophetic and in pastoring. They're tickling ears in their teaching. And they've found a way in a marketing strategy to build their ministry and to bring in a lot of money, and they're using that. They're marketing the gospel, but they're doing it in a way that perverts the gospel. And this is very big right now, and we're seeing it, and I think some of the uh, exposure is starting to happen in this. And here's what I would say is that all of us, especially if you're in the ministry, but every Christian needs to get on our faces before the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit, am I doing anything that that displeases you? Am Am I grieving the Holy Spirit? And when the Spirit speaks, we have to obey. Yes, you are doing something that's grievous. Here it is. And don't do that anymore. Repent. Then you repent. This is where I'm at personally. I have to tell you, as I know the Lord is about to do something very powerful in the ministry here, this is his ministry. I feel it in, in my bones. I feel it in my spirit. I know something is happening. We just had a, a service on on the vision just last Friday on the vision of, you know, 2024 vision. And um, it was powerful. The altar was full after service and uh, the folks were really fired up and I was fired up and we felt the presence of the Lord and it went all over the airwaves. And uh, those of you that are online that are part of the remnant, uh, you all felt it. You all, you all felt it. I mean, I'm getting the letters all week about, you know, wow, the presence of God was so thick and tangible. 
Let me tell you what fosters that. It's us getting out of the way. I, I said this in the message. I said, every pastor thinks he's going to be the purveyor of revival, his church. Why don't we just say, you know what, Lord, just use me. I want to be part of the move of your Holy Spirit in this nation and world. It doesn't need to be me. It doesn't need to be at this church if, unless you want it to be. But what I say is let me get out of the way. Let my flesh get out of the way. Let my, my vain imaginations get out of the way and let me allow you to move. And if there's anything that grieves you, creating me a clean heart, renew a right spirit in me. So let's deal with the manipulation and those that have been hurt from pastors. Some of you have seen the worst things. First of all, a lot of those people shouldn't be in the ministry at all. They've raised themselves up. They maybe were raised up by a family member. Maybe it was a legacy church where they're the son or daughter of somebody in the ministry. And they, they really never went through the school of hard knocks to get them to where they need to be to be broken before the Lord, to go through the refiner's fire so that when they came out, uh, it wasn't about their own glory because people didn't know the story. See, when they got to the place where the Lord had raised them up, you know, if they were a true person that God has raised up, it's so you've already gone through the refiner's fire so much that you know it's not about you. You're just happy to be alive and you're blessed because you know the power that the Holy Spirit has and God has because he spared you in a very trying situation that could have taken you down like King David. But you've been through the refiner's fire and so that's why you're here. And those are the best leaders and pastors. It's people that are humble. They're people of prayer. They love the word. And they have a heart for people. But there's a lot of people that have been raised up in the ranks in the church in an ungodly way, just because they maybe were a family member, their dad was a pastor, their mom was a pastor, something like that. Uh, they were raised up in the church. And so, you know, they were the likely candidate and they just, you know, somehow slithered their way in there. And they never really went through the school of hard knocks. They never went through the refiner's fire. And to be quite honest with you, a lot of these people haven't even been in touch with the Holy Spirit. You know, maybe at some point in their life, they had a little touch, but they never really had that encounter that rocked them. And so then they're in this position of power. They get some power and they start manipulating and they use it for their own advantage, for their own notoriety and to, to make them known, make them be a celebrity. Well, that's never been God. That's never been God's heart. And so this is a lot of the problem with the people that, you know, I often say a lot of these folks were kind of, for lack of a term, I mean, I, you know, I don't get mad at me for this, but they were kind of nerdy in high school some of them not all of them but some of them and uh you know they they finally got some power and they got people kind of kissing the ring at this point in their life and now they're abusing it because this is this is their flesh and i i just believe those people need to get out of the ministry or they've got to have a change of heart and have a real encounter with god you know jesus ultimate example of forgiveness is matthew 18 21 through 22. And it says this, when Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. Jesus is big on forgiveness. And so I, I, I need to speak to somebody today because many of you that are listening to this have been really wounded by some of these folks that I've been talking about. And if you're one of these folks that I'm talking about, look, I'm not here to condemn you. There is therefore no condemnation in Jesus Christ. But if there's collateral damage and hurt because of something that you did, because leaders are held to a higher standard. And the thing is, maybe you were raised up uh, prematurely or maybe you built your own kingdom, but there's still room for a course correct right now. You know, maybe maybe this podcast, this broadcast, this radio show today, maybe this is, is God telling you, look, get your heart right because I want to use you. 
You know, in Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that in all things, God works them for good to those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Maybe this is just God saying, look, this is you, buddy, but you can change. You've hurt folks. And this is, you know, you keep blaming it on other people and saying, oh, these people, they're just crazy. All this stuff keeps happening around me. Have you looked at yourself? What you're doing wrong? Have you humbled yourself to the place where you say, maybe it's me. Maybe I need to change. We, we, we need to be somebody that has accountability, in other words. To allow voices, elders, people in our lives to speak into our lives. And, and, and to tell us, look, what you're doing here is wrong. Your heart's not in the right place. You need, to, you need to reconnect with the Holy Spirit. And you need to repent to some folks. Maybe even your own family. Many people have made ministry an idol. You can't make God an idol because you can never love God too much. But you can make ministry an idol. Because of the power and the position. And the fame and the followers and the notoriety. If you have a big ministry especially. So... This is really, really important, friends, that we talk about these things because the church is in a very critical state right now. We, God wants the church to purify, wants to consecrate. He wants us to, to consecrate, to be holy before the Lord. Obviously, what we've done the last 30 plus years has been off. That's how the country got to where we are. I mean, I drive down the streets of Nashville, Tennessee, and it's like there's literally a church on every single corner. I mean, it's unbelievable how many churches there are. And I think to myself, with all these churches, how is it that our city continues to go down the wrong path? What are we doing wrong? We're not evangelizing. We're not showing the love of Christ. Shepherds, pastors are not being shepherds. They're not discipling the flock. Some churches have become so big that people don't even know their pastor. They've never even talked to their pastor. They've been going there for five years, and they've never even had an interaction with the pastor. How is that man going to shepherd you? How is that woman going to shepherd you? And I know the word shepherd scares some people because of the shepherding movement, but it's still biblical. I mean, we, we, as pastors, we should care about our flock and we should be an example and we should be feeding them. Then, then the message, the message has been too seeker friendly, too motivational. We haven't called out sin. And so it's, it's, it's brought in this very seeker friendly, uh, watered down version of Christianity. And that that's pervasive in our society. Culture should be downstream of the church. But there's a lack of integrity in the pulpit in many places. And there's a lack of consistency in their own life, how they're living, how they're treating their family, their spouse. They're not even living it. And I'm not here to be critical today. But I'm just saying, like, we, we, this is a, I believe this is a clarion call and this is an opportunity. And right now, I want to repent to you, the listener of this broadcast. I want to repent to you on behalf of pastors especially those that have got it wrong. And I want to tell you, I, I'm sorry. I have been grieving the last 24 hours after I've read so many comments on my posts about how many have been hurt. I just, it really grieves my heart. Now, listen, there's a difference between being offended and walking in the spirit of offense. Many people walk in the spirit of offense and they're just offended and angry and they don't want to be mentored and discipled. There's another side to it too, by the way. And uh, pastors, let me just say this, pastors have been, I've been burned in the ministry. I mean, people I poured into the most have hurt me the most, turned on me, backstabbed me. Let me just tell you, pastoring will make you turn gray real quick, okay? The amount of stress, unless you learn to really lay it down before the Lord, real shepherds, real pastors have to take the brunt of all the other stuff that these folks that I've been talking about have done. 
It's like when we meet you, we're like already in a hole. We got to dig ourselves out of a hole that somebody else dug. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. I have to deal with the sins of all the other people, and I haven't even done it myself. But because somebody with a, a, a label pastor has done it, somebody meets me and they think all those things that they've been hurt by, and they put it on me. So that's why I want to stand in proxy right now. First of all, this is the first step to your healing. And I want to say, I repent to you for what you've been through. I'm not talking about if you're walking around the spirit of offense. If you're walking around the spirit of offense, you need to get healing. And you need to go before the Lord. You need to pray and say, am I walking around in the spirit of offense? Am I looking? Am I a heresy hunter? Am I just looking for something to point the finger? Because there's a lot of those people too. And if that's you, you need to go before the Lord and repent as well. But if you've genuinely seen abuse, manipulation, and hurt in the body, and you've seen somebody who's got stars in their eyes and thinks they're the cat's meow and they're better than everybody, they're a self-righteous super saint pastor, I repent for that person. And I stand in proxy. And today is the beginning of your healing. I want you to know there are real pastors out there. There are real shepherds. And, and by the way, those people, and maybe you're one of them that's listening right now, you've been burned by folks too, a lot. And it's not all peaches and cream. It's not, it's not, it's not glamorous. Real ministry is warfare. It's not glamorous. When you're really taking care of folks and shepherding them in a way that's righteous and, and biblical, you deal with a spirit of antichrist. You deal with a spirit of accusation. You deal with Jezebel spirits. You deal with people that turn on you, flip on you, split the church, or at least attempt to. Daily warfare, almost every day, especially when we have a powerful meeting. I mean, I was just talking to a friend of mine and I said, we had the most powerful three-day conference a few weeks ago at the RRC. And then it was like the day after all hell broke loose. I mean, it was like whack-a-mole. It was like every two seconds, something was happening. I said, my God, I had to start interceding and call my intercessory team and just say, pray, pray. We're in, we're in war right now. And, and look at our society and look at all the evil. Of course, the devil wants people to hate the church and be discouraged and not, not go because the, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling together, the brethren. Of course, the devil wants that. He doesn't want us to come together to exhort, to encourage, to be part of a body, to have support so that when we come under attack, we have fellow remnant warriors that are willing to stand with us and intercede and come into agreement for breakthrough and victory. The devil wants us isolated. He wants us angry, isolated, hurt, offended, broken. Not in a good way where the Lord can use us when we're broken. He wants us broken so that we're so uh, just damaged spiritually and physically that we don't even want to get into our Bible. We don't want to get into prayer because we're just like, how in the world does this happen? And you look on social media and there's certain people, it just looks like their life is just so glamorous. You know, thousands of people and everything's just so hunky-dory. Well, if they're a real pastor, I'll tell you, they're dealing with warfare too. Trust me. And if they're not a real pastor, then you know what? They're in the, in the beast system and they're leading a bunch of people astray. And of course, it's going to look great because that's what the devil wants. He comes as an angel light. This is why we got to have discernment. Not every big move of God is actually of God. <laughs> not every prophet is, is prophesying from the Holy Spirit. And not every big move is actually a move of God, even though it's branded a move of God. There's a lot of counterfeit out there. That's why we have to have discernment and wisdom. And navigate and, and, and really understand, you know, who is this person that I'm listening to and are they speaking from the heart of God? Do they love souls? Do they love the, the Lord with all their heart? Are they a vessel that the Lord is using or are they someone that the enemy is using? And I believe that many of you have 
encountered people that are of the enemy. And when you're hurt by a fellow believer, we have the opportunity to demonstrate humility and grace just as Jesus did. And instead of harboring bitterness and seeking revenge, we can choose to extend love and forgiveness. And by doing so, we are the better person. We are above the line. We reflect Christ's character and allow his light to shine through us, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. Church hurt can leave lasting wounds, long wounds. But as followers of Yeshua, we're called to respond in a way that reflects his teachings and his example. And that's through forgiveness. Trusting in God's sovereignty, his ability to be uh, above and beyond what we can imagine. He goes before us. He makes a way where there is no way. He turns what's evil around for good. He will use that very thing that was meant to destroy you, to elevate you, to promote you. And we have a commitment to love and grace. Think about all the things that you've been forgiven of. I've been forgiven of. He saved a wretch like me. These people are, are lashing out in their brokenness. Hurt people hurt people, and that includes pastors. So we can navigate these challenges while keeping our eyes on Jesus. But by doing so, we not only find healing for ourselves, but we also contribute to the restoration and unity of the body of Christ as a whole. Does that make sense? And so I, I think today we can really look at everything that's happened and say, you know what, I'm going to make this an opportunity to be the change. I'm not going to harbor whatever happened to me, the abuse, the pastor that fell. He wasn't supposed to be a pastor. Or if he was, he succumbed to his own flesh. He didn't die to his flesh daily. She didn't die to her flesh daily. Forgive him. Move, move beyond that situation and know that that was not God's intention. God's will for you is hope and a future. His promise is yes and amen. He made you fearfully and wonderfully. He is the potter. You are the clay. He's with us until the end of the age. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He gives us joy unspeakable. We're like a tree that's planted by the water. will not be moved. So we're going we're gonna to make a decision to forgive. We're going to make a decision today to, to, to give it to God. And we're not going to allow the enemy's plan in our life that we spiral out of control. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because the devil wants you to spiral out of control. But God, God has a plan for your life. And his plan is good for your life. And so it's time to get up and, and to look beyond the flesh and to look beyond what happened. What happened, happened. Look, I got stabbed nine times. That happened. But you know what? What, 20-something years later, I'm thriving. Why? Because I've embraced the calling on my life and I've embraced what God had for me. And I said, devil, you're a liar. Not today. Not, you're not going to have me in my family. Amen? Hey, I hope this helped you. We'll get into the subject a little more in the future. The website is pastortodd.org. Pastortodd.org. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name.